Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com, your home for the best fantasy basketball and WNBA fantasy basketball on the internet. Go check them out. Hashtag basketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, the one, the only, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Speaking of WNBA fantasy, oh. uh, did, you, did you see that Sue Bird that um, was going around on Twitter interview? She no. totally roasted the reporter for asking her why, basically why she wasn't retired. I did not. I did not see that. No, you you gotta check it out. It was great. It was fantastic. What did she? What did she have to say? She was basically like, you know, I'm, I, and I don't remember what how old she is. So I still got me. it. Is that how? Because that's yeah. how I feel like it ended. Well, and she's like, I I can still really play. I love playing basketball, and you would not ask anyone else why they're still doing their job. So why are you asking me why I'm not retired? And I was like, oh, blamed. Just blaming some poor yeah, reporter. That's pretty good. Uh, she is 38 years old. So yeah, I, I knew it was Vince Carter, older. Uh, Carter wanting to come back next year, too. At 42. I hope he does. I hope he does it. He, he breaks the record, right? It's an NBA record. Uh, the most anyone's ever played is 21 seasons. There is like five or six people tied for that record right now. Vince Carter is one of them. And if he comes back next year, he is the sole owner of the record. Mm, I hope he does it. He deserves it. He's uh, he's still dunking in 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 games. Like he, and, he's great. I mean, I I won't claim to have seen a ton of him on the Hawks this year, but I mean, the year before he still looked good in spurts. Like he can't play a ton of minutes anymore, but I, he's still a you know a, a rotation player. So I mean, he gets in there for ten or fifteen minutes, and he looks good. I agree. Um, so, Tyler, today was the NBA draft lottery, and um, I uh, I went downtown Chicago where the the lottery was taking place. And uh, if you anybody any of our listeners out there follow me on Twitter at Watch the Boxes, uh, you saw that I was uh, doing my best to go into the Hilton and rig the lottery for the Chicago Bulls. I even uh, saw, I, I saw Zion Williams there when he was in the lobby. Uh, a lot, a lot shorter than I thought he would be still like a enormous human being, but uh, a little bit shorter than I, I expected Zion Williams. So, you know, watch out for the, uh, when, when he hits the combine, see what his actual height is without shoes. Uh, but uh, I think I might've messed up when I was rigging the, uh, the ping pong balls because Chicago dropped from four to seventh, Tyler, and it is a sad, sad day here in Chicago. Uh, yeah, um, I can understand that. It was not a good day for the Dallas Mavericks either, so I feel your pain. Yeah, that is, I mean, the, the, the Mavs give up their, their pick to Atlanta. Cleveland, who no one really wants to do, who, who cares about Cleveland? They deservedly dropped out of the top four. But, uh, you know, Phoenix, they're not well run, but, you know, neither is Chicago. They all drop. And for some reason, the rich get richer. The L.A. Lakers end up in the four spot. At least they end up in the one or two spot. Uh, The Knicks somehow sticking the landing, ending up at the three spot, which is still kind of funny. Memphis at two and New Orleans at one. That makes a – 
the AD saga becomes very interesting with the addition of Zion Williams. Yeah, and um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, David Griffin even basically said at the lottery, right, that you know his plan is to to keep AD and to do everything he can to keep AD. And uh, you guys probably saw the reports, right, that if the Knicks did get the number one pick, they were going to basically try to trade it for Anthony Davis. Well, no one's going to be trading the number one pick for Anthony Davis. So the, yeah. Pel- the Pelicans have to make a decision if you know they're gonna have if zion if that's who they want um i I think that's pretty consensus at this point um but we've seen crazier things happen in in the draft so um let's not mark it down till we you know mark it down but you know are they better with zion and anthony davis and drew holiday or are they better with you know, I mean, the Celtics are probably going to have the best package. We think we talked about this before, right? Like, are they better with Drew Holiday and Zion and Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier and, like, whoever else they can get from the Celtics? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, they could try to swing – I don't know. They could try to swing Kimba, right? He's a, he's going to be a free agent. Is, am I right about that? Yes, sir. So they could try to get Kimba and AD. Add that to the, the the Boston squad. That could be interesting. Yeah. And uh, I'll say this, and, and maybe I'm just, you know, out of the loop, but I don't think so, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of all-stars that are free agents, and I feel like there's a oh, yeah. lot of all-stars that kind of seem like they don't want to be on the team that they were on last year. Maybe, like, uh, every single one of them, which is really, really weird. I, I, I think – a lot of people predicted simply because there are so many free agents, but like you said it, there's a lot of unknowns with those free agents. This is going to be one of the craziest off seasons. And last year was a crazy off season. This is going to be crazier than last season. So we already had it. We had a crazy lottery. We're going to have a, probably a pretty straightforward NBA draft, but. Uh, oh no, 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 no. There I could don't... be some trades. There could be some I, trades going into the draft. I, I, you know, I wrote a sentence earlier and then I immediately deleted it and wrote a different sentence. And I said, you know, I was writing, I wrote an article about the order, right? Just like recapping what the order was going to be for draft night. And um, I said, the final order is set for the draft, the 2019 NBA draft. And I immediately deleted it because I don't think there's been a year yet i don't know in the last five years right since i've been doing this but there hasn't been a trade between lottery night and draft night that involved a pick it's usually uh i mean it is draft night because like theoretically like legally you can't do it till draft night and actually legally you can't do it till the beginning of the month after draft night Right. So, I mean, like the Hawks technically drafted Luka Doncic. I mean, we can talk about that, right? It didn't, they didn't. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I always feel like, you know, there's going to be movement and and we've seen some big trades go down between now and, you know, draft night. I'm I'm thinking of the Victor Oladipo one, right? Paul George one went down. That was a big one. So, um, yeah, I think we're probably going to see a trade similar to that, like something that, and, and those are the best ones a lot of times, too, because they're kind of out of nowhere, and you're going, what just happened with what? That's crazy. Yeah, and, I, and like, this makes everything crazier with the, with, the, with the way the lottery pulled out. And we are going to – I mean, we're going to keep covering this. Like, NBA is a 365-day-year um, sport. 
And a lot of the things that will be happening over this offseason will be affecting next year's fantasy basketball season, and uh, especially the draft. So we are going to hold off on getting into too deep into the rookies until we know what teams they're going to be on. And even then, it's going to be a wild free agency before everything settles in. But I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, Zion Williamson will be in New Orleans. Well, um, it's, I, I don't know if it's like 100%, but it's I'd say it's like 95 yeah, unless unless they trade him the first pick to the Lakers for LeBron James, right? And that's that's I guess it's on the table. I guess this year, you know, some of these like, what if Anthony Davis says, "I'll stay if you get me another superstar." Well, how the hell else are they going to get another superstar in New Orleans without trading that first? That's pick? true. There is you know one I mean? way to do it. So. You know, he plays hardball enough. You know, I mean, it might happen. So um, the team, and there's another team too, I think definitely going to make a trade before draft night, and that's the Celtics. They have four first-round picks. They already have too deep of a team, right? I mean, like some of their guys, Terrazier being the main one, right, just today was basically complaining that they didn't give him enough to do. I mean, they almost have too many players now, and they have four draft picks, including three first-rounders. Um, I think you're going to see them definitely make some sort of move before draft night. Uh, what that move is is yet to be determined. Yeah, um, I am getting used to uh, watching highlight reels of Bull Bull and uh, assuming that he will uh, be on the Chicago Bulls because they would, of course, draft a position that they do not need, or maybe Kobe White. It's going to be depressing. Either way, the season tickets will be at an all-time low here in Chicago, and, and quite frankly, I don't think. This is everybody's like, oh, tanking is finally over. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would tanking be over? You still have a better chance of getting into the top four if you have the worst record. So tanking's not over with. And instead, I actually think it's worse. The since tanking still matters, but doesn't matter as much, you're gonna see more of these middle of the road teams end up in the, you know, getting the first pick, second pick. And that's actually going to keep the bad teams bad. And unless you're in a major market like New York or Chicago, how many years is your is your metropolitan area and your fans going to take with your team missing out on a Zion Williamson? You know, if you are, let's just say, the Cavs, you got lucky many, many, many times and only pulled up one championship in your joke of a, uh, of a of a city, how long are the Cavaliers fans going to hang around if they spend like seven years not getting a top three pick? Like I actually just think, I think just think this lottery system, this new lottery system is actually detrimental because like why would you want your worst franchises to stay bad, ruining the product in those cities? Yeah, I'm with you there. And, you know, this whole tanking thing, right? Like, I guess this, the the way the Sixers did it was an issue, right? But yeah, they're, they're reaping the rewards of it now. So was it that bad? I I don't think so. And like the way the Bulls did it was they try to win games, and they still suck. So like they're these teams that try to win games and are so bad that they are the Knicks or the Bulls this year or the Suns this year. Uh, though you could, you know, say there was a lot of Devin Booker sitting. 
those teams are going to continue to be bad unless they get John Moran, unless they get Zion Williamson, and they didn't. So how long will they be terrible? Well, you know, you bring up a good point there, but, you know, I I think, you know, looking back on it, right, the, the number one picks are a little more surefire to be something, right? Like, this guy's going to be somewhat good. But how many years has the number one pick actually turned out to be the best player in the draft? I mean, probably – actually, probably more often than not. Ooh, I don't know, Mike. I'm going to have to – last 15 years, we'll have to do a deep dive. We don't have time for that, but we, we will have to do a deep dive. Well, I'd say okay. it's a pretty high percentage. So how about not more often than not, but more often. I, well, than okay. Than let's just look at like the last. Five. Let's just look at the last five real quick. Aiton, best player in that draft. I don't. I don't even remember what the who was drafted when and where. I I'm drawing a blank. You know what I mean? Like I think if you look at it, it's not Luka, as well. Yeah, Luka Doncic at three, 2017. Lowry Markin obviously at seven was the best player in that draft. Um, 2016. Well, we can agree Markel Fultz was definitely not, so that one's out, right? I mean, Ben Simmons, okay, Ben Simmons might be the best player in that draft. So yeah. there's one one out of three. Aaron Fox, maybe? Um, Carl Anthony Towns in 15. And um, obviously Wiggins was terrible. Anthony Bennett was terrible. But then you have Davis, Kyrie Irving, John Wall, Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose. But that's then, what uh, I guess my so, point is. I'd say it's more often than not. Ooh, I mean, okay, so maybe, but it's it's still only right around fifty percent, I think. You know what I mean? Like, so you know, we we make this hyperbole of like, oh, these teams have to get the top pick, but really, it just comes down to getting the right pick, and just because everyone else is going, you know. Zion's the best guy. I don't doesn't mean Zion's gonna be the best player in this class. That, like that is fair. I, and actually, I think in our bold prediction podcast, which everybody should go back and listen to, because uh, we we kind of nailed it last year. There was a there's a few big big misses, but uh, Tyler, you were really on last season, and uh, I had a few uh, just absurdly dead on uh, predictions, like how many games. Uh, Daniela Gallinari was going to play. Nailed that one to the exact game. But I made a bold prediction on next year, and I said John Moore is going to be the better fantasy player next year than Zion Williamson. And I'm, I'm going to stick by that until, until I see something different. I'm going to stick by it. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, you know, we can talk about the difference between fantasy and NBA too if you want, but it doesn't matter. I just think, you know, the the whole lottery, like, yes, we should probably reward the the worst teams with, the best picks. I, I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. super believe Parity in the whole, is good. But in saying that, like the, those teams have to make the right picks and the history of that is not the best. Okay. That's a decent point. That is a very decent point. Uh, I am looking forward to the draft, even though the bulls will be picking someone horrible and I will hate them. And Denzel Valentine will start over them and it will just be depressing. Uh, the draft is a fun night. In the sense that you never really know what's going to happen. Like That's sometimes we, we pretty much know the number one pick, but I mean, usually even in the top two or three, right? Like I was saying the whole year last year, the Kings going to pick Dodgers. They're going to pick Dodgers. They even took like a large contingent over to Real Madrid to watch him play numerous times. 
And then they took Marvin Bagley and they left Luka Doncic for the Mavericks. So, you know, crazy stuff happens. That's true. I guess last year was proof positive of that. And we will be bringing you a breakdown of the draft, a breakdown of free agency. So, you know, stick around this summer to watching the boxes. Uh, We were still going to be bringing you content, but at this part of the season, I hope you're all enjoying the incredibly good playoffs. I hope you all were able to watch those game sevens on Mother's Day and catch those insane endings to uh, probably one of the best second rounds in in playoff history overall. Um, But what we like to do at this period of time is look back at the year past and say, you know, what went right? What went wrong? What was surprising? Um, and and how can we take that information and do better next year? And this tonight is the first part of a multi-part series of looking back at the top 60 players, how they finished, and let's set the ground rules, Tyler. How do you want to do the top 60 players? Per game or totals? Nine cat or eight cat? So I don't think you can do per game because if you look at per game – We could it, throw Jakar Sampson out. Like that wouldn't be that hard to do. Okay, but the problem is you didn't really get that value from that player in the sense that there's a big difference between 72 and 80 games, right? That's true. And – you know, uh, for example, right? You just look at someone like Steph Curry played sixty nine games. Like, he should not be really the top, a top two or three player, just because. You know, you gotta take something off for that missed time. And and some people will say, oh well, you know, you could get a replacement level player, which is all well and good, except for when you play in a little bit deeper league where the replacement level player is Jakar Sampson. Yeah. So you know what I, I mean? see what you're saying. So let's do totals. I think that's more fair. And, right. and I, I mean, I'll and let's always... do a cat because who cares about turnovers? I do, but uh, well, nobody else does. Well, and I, I just think the turnovers can skew things a little bit and let you know. Not a good example this year because he did not play as good. But right, like guys like Otto Porter would slip into the top 25 like do you really want Otto Porter as a top 25 pick like no I just don't think you're getting enough points and rebounds and assists and steals from someone like that to really be worth right you're, you're, the opportunity cost there is is significant if you're just looking for a guy with very minimal turnovers that's true um so let's get rid of turnovers let's make sure we're we're setting our uh Setting our games to end on April 10th, because I, I, I've messed that up before. Uh, it's April 12th, but okay. What? April 12th? Who played on the 12th? Nobody. Uh, nobody no played one. on the 11th, nobody played on the 12th. So. Yeah, someone played on the th- Okay, maybe not. That's right. So, we got the ground rules, everybody. We're doing... Total value. We're only doing eight cats. We are getting rid of turnovers. So, let's and let's start with this point. It was a banner year. We talked about how hard it is to break into that first round. We had quite a few guys actually do it. Yeah, I think you know two years ago, 
we had kind of like an open field for the top eight. You know, you had your Hardens and your Durants and your Currys and your usual usual group of guys. This year, we that narrowed down to like it's going to be Harden, it's going to be Katie Curry, and maybe Cat, and the, like maybe Giannis. That's it, like five guys. It, so it went from eight maybes to five probablys, and all that was thrown out the window pretty much. Some of those guys obviously made it to the top. Um, but the first round was a bunch of new guys, and and we and we say this all the time. It is very very hard. You have your top tier, you have your one A's, you have your one B's, and we'll probably talk about those one A's and one B's today. Then you have your second tier. Then you have your like third tier, and then it's a giant plateau of guys who are roughly the same, and then another big plateau of guys who are a little bit worse than that. And that's and that's kind of how I uh, feel out my rankings each year. Is that who's going to make that third? Who's going to come out of the plateau region into that third tier? Who can make it from the third to the second? Who could go from second to first? And there was a lot of surprising guys who went from third tier, second tier to first tier. I will back you on that one. But let's start with the uh, the, the best player in the league. He played seventy eight games. He played thirty six minutes. He Led the league in scoring. His name is James Harden. Led the league in scoring by a ridiculous amount. Can we say that? Yeah, 36 points a game. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously didn't work out in the playoffs for Harden, but. Um, hey, he got a little tired, and, you know, they, hey, they they fight Golden State harder than anybody does. I mean, I think you're going to see, even see in this Portland series that uh, Houston is the better is the better team. Houston oh, well. favored uh, against Portland. Golden State's obviously favored against Portland, even without KD. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, and it was unfortunate that was the semifinal matchup. And I mean, honestly, Houston might be the second best team in the league. That's true. Uh, um, so I, I don't think there's really much to say about Harden. I mean, we've seen him the last what three years be a top two player. Yeah, there's um, nothing to say here other than like the, the question. He I guess be your top two player next year. Well, here's the question, right? Is he number one? Like, is he going to be your number one pick in an eight-category league? Maybe. And I don't um, think. That, yeah, probably. So I mean, I don't really think there's any question for me. It's like I, I'm going to pencil him in there. If I have the number one pick, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put him there, and and I doubt that's going to change unless he gets hurt. Like I just, I feel like he's the safest of the safe options, and you know, you're going to get something pretty darn elite. Um, he's only going to be thirty. So I just feel yeah. really good. And, that, that. and I don't see that team, you know, even if they make some moves and move some players around and get interesting with it, I just don't see the the way they play basketball to change at all, right? And he, uh, uh, James Harden made more three-pointers this season than he ever has. I don't see that changing. I don't see, uh, even with a heavy Chris Paul load, I, I still don't see his – Assists going down, rebounds going down. Uh, you want to keep an eye on his steals. His steals were actually, I believe, a career high per game at 2.1 per game. And those could probably sneak back down to 1.8, 1.7. Steals are finicky like that. But usually when guys start losing a step, they lose it in the steals. And so that could be something to keep an eye on going into next year. But other than that, you know, if you're not counting his five turnovers a game, you don't care about that. And even if you did care about that, you're, you're, you're still doing really well. You're still one of the best players, fantasy players in the game, if not the best. Um, I think you got to go hard next year. You think he's going to be a consensus number one 
throughout the fantasy basketball punditry corridors? Um, I don't know that he will, but he should. Yeah, I think there's one, maybe one argument to make, and that might be a a very healthy Anthony Davis. Yeah, but okay, and and but I don't. Yeah, he's still in a big question mark, right? Well, yeah, especially right now, right? We don't even really know where he's going to play. Is it New Orleans? Is it is it where? No um, the other thing is, you know, you said it, a very healthy Anthony Davis. Like, to me, I'm, I'm going to go Harden just because, you know, we've seen Davis miss a handful of games every year. And I just, I mean, like I said, he's the safest player. And he's the safest player to give you very elite production, I think. I agree. Let's go to number two. Surprising number two. Shout out. To Paul George, who not just made the, the the fantasy leap from a kind of a second tier player, a guy that people, uh, including myself, would put Jimmy Butler ahead of, and um, Paul George, second best player in fantasy this year, eight category total value, played a ton of minutes, um, and. Elevated his game, took on a, a, a major usage role here. 28 points, almost four threes a game, 2.2 steals per game. Like, those are crazy, crazy numbers. Numbers we have not seen from Paul George before. So I'm, I'm shocked by this. Do you think Paul George can do it again? Um, yes and no, right? I think. You know, Paul George, we've seen him basically, right, for four straight years, average about two steals a game. We've seen him average the blocks the last four years, so I think those are pretty safe. The Thunder have no choice but to pretty much run it back, right? I mean, like, they could trade Steven Adams, I guess. But, yeah, they can make a little bit of adjustments here and there, but it's you're well, looking they, at a very similar team. Well, and they're in cap, you know what. So, That's I mean, true. They, they can't really make that many moves. Um, I, I think – Paul George is going to take a ton of shots again. I think Paul George is going to hit a ton of three-pointers because he's going to take a ton of three-pointers. You know, the rebounds and the assists, I guess, are, are the two things, you know, you kind of question. But, you know, we've seen him average four assists a game before, you know, three times, third time he's done it. So the rebounds might drop a little bit, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's not a great team for rebounding, and I doubt they're going to add anybody who's a great rebounder. So... You know what I mean? Like the the reason Westbrook and, and him get so many rebounds is, I mean, who else is there to rebound other than Steven Adams? Yeah. Nobody. Like no one on that team well, tries to rebound. And <laughs> so, um, and now obviously, right? He's gonna miss the start of training camp. He had a shoulder surgery. Um, that was announced. So. Yeah, that's but he's a, back pretty early in the season. Right, and but I mean that's. that's games. That's a little question mark, I guess, right? It's worth mentioning, I think. And yeah, so, so the question is, is he a top five pick? Yes. I think he's definitely a top five pick next year. Um second overall, I'm still a little bit Oh no, I, I might not even I'm take a, him in the top five. I'm a little worried about that. I think I'd take I'd take him in the top five. I mean, 29, like, we don't really have any reason to think he's going to, like, take a major dip. But if he went back to, like, 25, 25 and a half points a game and, like, 
seven or seven and a half rebounds and like three and a half assists. Well, sure. Like if he takes a if he takes a hit, but but uh, you know, twenty nine years old, he's in his prime. Like uh, I, I agree, but be. like you know, you see what I mean. Like the, that's not unreasonable considering you know some of the other numbers he's produced in his career for him to just you know kind of take some small regressions back to the mean. And if that happens, you know he falls kind of out of that top five. Um, yeah, I think he's maybe a more riskier top five, but as he's shown this year. With it, he's got elite categories. He's elite at steals. Okay, he is all right. One of those three-point shooters who make a difference, and he is a top-tier scorer in the league. Let's let's do it. Let's figure it out right now. Ready? You want Cat or you want him? Well, let's let's go for the top five. We're going to talk about these guys anyway. Well, uh, okay. I mean, but I, I just feel like for me, he's like seventh right now. Well, that's an, impressive. Okay, so you got Cat. I'd say I don't know. I don't know about Cat Daddy. I, I mean, he's Cat Daddy's so consistent. Well, and I'd him probably go with Cat over George. Him and Giannis are going to give you crazy rebounds, and I feel like rebounds are always uh, like, especially that kind. That number of rebounds is always a little hard to come by. A double-digit rebound is very hard to come by. Right, so I, I feel a little bit better about that. So you know, give me those two. Um, then you obviously got Kevin Durant. You got Curry. Depends to, on where Kevin Durant ends up at. Depends on when, where Curry is, so, what, what the well, Warriors I, looks like. So it's going to be kind of hard for me because if Curry's kind of on his team like he uh, without KD, like he is about to run shop in the playoffs, now I'm looking a little bit harder at Curry. I, so this was maybe a qualifier when we got to talk about Steph Curry, um, which is coming up fast. Um, yeah. I think if if Kevin Durant is gone, and they relatively run it back with just like him, Draymond, and Clay Thompson, um, and they don't add anyone else like super crazy, even if Cousins is back there, whatever, 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 um, the only person I th- could see replacing James Harden with the number one pick would be Steph Curry, because we saw that season, the last season before Kevin Durant came, Steph Curry was one of the had one of the best seasons statistically ever, right? And we started seeing it at the beginning of this season, too. Steph Curry came out hot, and he was the number one player in fantasy for those first few months before he got injured. And he still got it. He still got it in him. And so you, I would say you got to keep an eye on that as well. So, but let's let's talk about let's talk about Carl Anthony Towns. He ended up at number three. Um, and you, you seem to have Carl uh, Anthony Towns in high regard. He is the have, youngest. Well, well, he's the youngest guy, right? Or maybe Jokic yeah. is the youngest guy. Nah, he's he's only twenty three. Jokic is older than that. Yeah, you're right. I had to I had to look it up. Um, I'm usually pretty good at those ages. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, the youngest guy, barely. Um, and maybe one of the most underrated guys in fantasy. Like he's a guy you, like him and Curry. They're the two guys you always see. Like, oh, I've got him at six. I've got him at seven. I've got him at eight. It's like, man, Carlton Towns is really good. He's really consistent. He's gonna produce a ton of stats. Like, good stats, bad team. Well, and, and he keeps getting better, right? I mean, he's only twenty three. He just keeps getting better. He keeps inching away at it. He shot over fifty one percent. Every season of his career, he shot over 40% from three-point range the last two seasons. He's a great free-throw shooter, 83% for his career. You know, he's going to give you 
over 12 rebounds. He's super consistent with rebounds. 12.3, 12.3, 12.4. He's a, he's a lot more exciting in a, a nine-cat Roto League uh, and probably in Roto Leagues, but he still gives you those, those re- big, big rebounds that you're saying. His percentages are great, so if you care about percentages, he is one of the, one of the top players. He was, per game, fifth this year, fifth last year, sixth the year before that, and in totals – um, this year, third, and last year, second. Yeah, first. Well, it's the first time he's missed missed any games, right? Like eighty two, eighty two. Second with turnovers, I believe. Second with turnovers. Well, he's played eighty two, eighty two, eighty two, and seventy seven. So you got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. That health history uh, as well. Thirty three minutes a game. So heaven forbid he plays thirty five. Uh, so technically, room for a few more touches in there but uh carthony towns you know what you're probably gonna talk me out of my top five paul george uh statement by the end of this podcast but carthony towns has to be a top five player yes call anthony and here's what i'll say he's one of the safest top five players i feel like yeah i feel like if you feel good about him staying healthy you feel good about him blocking shots getting rebounds scoring a ton hitting some threes getting some assists you could take him you could take him third overall yeah, and I don't know that I would, right? Like at some point, I don't know gotta, if I would either, but you could. You've got to shoot for some upside, but yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's got to be in the top five, and I think uh, that's yeah, why. Yeah, he, I'm, I've already talked myself out of Paul George in the top five. Damn it, Tyler. Uh, yeah, and and so yeah, I just don't think Paul George is the top five guy, and uh, that's just me. So Which whatever. is crazy because he was second overall in totals. Um, but I think you have to, in, in my opinion, you got to go with this next guy who was fourth this year, uh, who should be the MVP of the league, Giannis, out of Milwaukee, destroy, destroyer of worlds, most wins this season, which is not a category you care about in fantasy basketball. The only glaring issue with his game is his free throw percentage. And if you yes. care about that, that is an issue. And that is one of the issues that LeBron always had. But, you know, Giannis does so much more all the time, all across the board. He is still a top five player, even with that 73% free throw percentage. And Giannis is is one of the very few guys who's not hitting a, a three a game. Um, That's it. But, I mean, obviously you can make up for that, right? There's so many guys hitting so many threes. But, uh, yeah, so I, who would you rather have next year? Assuming it's eight cat. Maybe it's head to head. We'll assume it's not Roto. Um, Carl Anthony Towns or Giannis? Man, probably Giannis. Yeah, see, give me Towns. I just feel like I, I feel I feel great about having either one. Right? It doesn't yeah, really make any young. difference. Yeah, they're both young. They're both third, but I think Giannis. He like the way he improves, the way he dominates, the way he's going to be like the MVP of the league. Let's say his free throw percentage well, and gets a tad bit better, and he learns to he gets a little bit better at shooting threes. Which, I mean, he has made strides this year. He also has the ability to bump those assist numbers up because he has that skill, right? Well, whether he'll be in a system uh, next year with the players around him that need that will need more than six assists a game, I don't know. But you you can't find a a skill set like his from really any other player. Fact. It'll be interesting to see, too. Milwaukee has both Malcolm Brogdon and, and Chris Milton. Um, 
on the free agent market, Middleton is an unrestricted free agent. Brogdon is a restricted free agent. Um, they're going to have trouble paying them both unless they're going to go deep into that luxury tax. So uh, that'll be uh, something to watch this summer too. Not a huge surprise here with Giannis ending up at four, though how well he played. Uh, are you surprised that he didn't play better? I, I think a lot of people had him uh, maybe as a, their number one pick last year. Well, Bud, you know, Bud coming in, right? They were the best team in the NBA, so it worked. It was but a great call played, on Bud. But he played all their guys less minutes. Yeah, it was a great call on that because we, we you looked at it and you said, hey, the, the minutes go down when you play with Bud. And they did. But, you know, Giannis still still able to produce. So, yeah, I'm not expecting a lot more minutes next year, though, if that's what you're asking me. No. I'm expecting, like, 33 a game for Giannis. Like, that's what Bud does. And, you know, I, I followed that all the way back in Atlanta, and we saw that with, you know, guys like Al Horford and Paul Millsap. And it's not going to change. Like, Bud's system works well, but Bud's system says even if you're a superstar, you play, like, at max, like, 34 minutes a game. You're not Let's- playing 35 or 36. Well, this is getting weird because it sounds like we're probably going to have like a 1A, 1B, and 1C tier next year, the way we are talking, uh, with James Harden probably the, the leader in the clubhouse, and then maybe two or three guys you can make an argument for, but then, and which we will talk about here in a little bit, but then everybody else who is still a first-round talent falling outside of that you know that 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 top 1a 1b tier so um Giannis probably one of those people you could try to make it i think you could make a real argument for certain people and try to make an argument for other people he's like a try he's not a he's not a certain so he'd probably be in that 1b section along with car anthony towns yeah i mean like you just He's not going to start hitting all these three-pointers. Like, he shot... Not out of nowhere. No, it's going to be a well, steady increase, if anything. And he shot 25% this year. Like, he's yeah. not going to all of a sudden start hitting 35. Like, it's just that's not the way it works. And so he's not going to take enough attempts to to even get over one. I mean, unless he makes a, a drastic improvement, which is possible, but not likely. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't really see a lot of upward mobility for Giannis. So definitely I'm not looking at him at number one. I'm probably not even looking at him at number two, but I mean, I think he's definitely in that top five. Yeah, I would agree. The next guy who was in the top five this season in totals, eight cat Nikola Jokic uh, breakout season played th- almost 32 minutes a game. Only actually only 31.3 minutes a game. You, you, you messed up and you forgot somebody. Who did I forget? Uh, Kevin Durant is fifth. Oh, you're right. Number five is, not Nikola Jokic, just Kevin Durant. Barely, though. Um, very, very slightly made it into fifth place. Kevin Durant, who only played 78 games, so two less than Nikola Jokic. But another, you know, absolutely stellar season from Kevin Durant, uh, one of the best players in the league, uh, probably one of the best players uh, who will go down as one of the best players of all time. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't have much to say about Kevin Durant. He just had another Kevin Durant season. Well, he actually shot his worst three-point percentage since 2011. Okay, that's that is interesting. At 35.3 percent, he was 41 and 37 the two years with Golden State, and then he was 38, 40, 39, 41, 38, um, all the way up till 2011, where he only shot 35. So, 
Um, actually, you could see Kevin Durant be better next year, and I don't know that he'll be on the Warriors, right? So that that number could change a little bit. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to say because we don't have any clue where he's going to play. Yeah, and I think that's key, right? I, we're not surprised with where what Kevin Durant did this season. Um, and we're also, in, in my opinion, we like you said, we can't figure out what, what to think about him until next year. But he is, to me, one of those guys – you can say he goes to his own team and he's got to carry a bigger load. He becomes one of those players I start to look at as a potential number one fantasy basketball player because he has done it multiple times in the past. So um, I think the top five is a top six, which is unfortunate because, you know, five is a nice number that we like to, to say. Yeah. I don't see any way this that Kevin Durant is not in that top six. In in what should be pretty much everyone's top six, I think Kevin Durant is firmly planted in that. And, you know, he's kind of in that. Like you said, he could be number one player. I'm probably definitely not going to have him number one. I don't, I think even if he goes on his own team and there's a decent amount of help around him, but he's definitely the alpha, I still think I'm going to have James Harden over him, though. Yeah, I think I am too, but it's going to be one of those, hey, if things break the right way, Kevin Durant actually can vibe for the best fantasy basketball player next year. So, you know, un- unlike someone, someone like Giannis, who has those holes in his game where you go, all right, he's going to be one of the most outstanding players. He's going to be a great fantasy player. You'll be happy to get him in the first round. But does he have that ability to hit number one? Probably not. And I'd actually say probably not with our next pick here at number six uh, overall, eight cat on total values. Nikola Jokic, breakout season for him, like I said. Um, inc- uh, incredible um, playoff run. Shout out to the guy. I mean, like, big slow, man. Like, just watching him play is is is, is like watching an optical illusion. Like, it. You're like, why is he able to do these things? He's moving at uh, a negative pace or whatever. But, you know, a unique center hits threes uh, and gets set over seven assists a game. And I don't I don't see that Denver team going anywhere. It's one of the youngest teams in the league. Uh, if anything, they might get a piece of personnel that makes them better. Yeah, and, and Jokic's guy got significantly better every year, just turned 24 in February. Um a guy you could potentially see take a little bit leap up, especially if he gets more minutes. I mean, he played 31.3 minutes a game. A lot of that maybe have to do with his, you know, conditioning is, is not the best, unfortunately. Um, will we look back at his 2017-2018 season as a mirage of his three-point shooting? He shot 39.6% that year. He shot 30.7% this year. And the other two years in his career are 32 and 33%. Maybe. Uh, but it might be one of those mirages that show up again, right? Like, just one year, he he plays – he hits it well. He plays well. I don't know. Uh, right. It's going to be weird because, like, if he can get conditioned, that will change a, a lot about probably his game. Yeah, and they, but he's a guy, right? I, I mentioned that top six. I don't even think he's in mine. Like, I just don't. Yeah, he probably isn't in mine either, and that's crazy because right? it's incredible. And so he's in that kind of Paul George, like filling out the rest of the first round range for me, where it's like I've got the six, and then it's like I've got Jokic and George and a few other guys we're going to talk about. 
Um, yeah. I'm I'm now even leaning more towards having a one B and one C because I just I don't think there's a lot of really really great players out there now, and a lot of these guys while they probably can't be the number one overall player, some of them are clearly like number like one Bs, and some of them are like I could be one B, but I'm probably one C, and Jokic is probably a one C for me, along with the next guy here at number seven, Dame Lillard. Uh, you you were high on Dame Lillard last year. You said out of that second tier, this would have been the your number one. I, I think you said you, this would be your number one pick out of that second tier last year. Dame Lillard playing himself into the first tier uh, always gets better every single year. He will be twenty nine next year, so in his prime. Yeah, and do you do you remember? what what i said about and you actually i think made fun of me for this and i'd like your apology right now i said if i was picking on the turn this year do you remember the two players i said i would i would pick uh i want to say lillard and maybe Embiid. no I, you know i'm not a big joel Embiid guy in fantasy That's you never you're not. it must have been Jokic and lillard no no it wasn't Jokic. okay who was it Go back and listen in the preseason. I said I would pick Lillard in the first round and Paul George in the second round. That's true. And I'm pretty sure you you pretty much won your league if you did that. Yeah, you probably did. Those were two great picks. Like I said, Tyler, you were really, really on last year, and everybody should go listen to those that bold prediction podcast because uh, you could go see how on Tyler was. Um, I got to set my game up for next season. And uh, Dave Lillard probably going to have his game up next season too. So, like, I I expect him to be a first-round pick. Like, he's going – he has made himself a first-round pick. And uh, I fully believe it. And, you know, we talk about, like, those three guys, right? George, Jokic, Lillard. Like, a lot of it's personal preference and just who you kind of – want to pin your hopes on and a lot of it might just be like hey man i let i'm gonna watch more blazers this year than i am nuggets so i'm gonna pick lillard and you know other things factor into it like you know Jokic is getting the a center the well and get get a center too like if you especially if you play in like the standard yahoo where it makes you have two centers getting a center can be hard yeah so maybe you know you want to go for Jokic, like depending on what your your rule set is but i feel like all three of those players are they're outside my top six but i'm pretty happy to have any of them in the first round yeah they're probably a one c and i i, I wouldn't put them in that second tier just because i don't i don't think they they are they are turn players or second round players so they're just not in my second tier uh i think there's just kind of a new breed these this new breed of guys and uh, I don't know where I would be putting the guy who finished eight on our list here. He played 82 games, which helped him finish eight. Um, but still an incredibly stellar season. Very, very much improved, especially due to the injury to John Wall. I'll talk about Bradley Beal. Uh, I am surprised Bradley Beal made this type of leap, and we do have to give some credit to the injury to John Wall because Bradley Beal became a primary ball handler and allowing him to get 5.5 assists per game. Um, a very a very great season from Bradley Beal, but might be one of my guys that I that I say, all right, that might have been a career year for Bradley Beal. Like, he might do almost as well next year, and which would probably put him around the turn 
be, uh, solidly one of the best second tier guys. But uh, Bradley Beal, like, it, it, I would have to say this is probably his ceiling. Uh, six heading into his yeah. prime, like this playing 37 minutes a game. Yeah, and that's the scary part is the 37, 37 minutes a game. You know, that's that's always scary. Yeah. Um, but he, he played 36 the year before that, too. So, I mean, it, it, it has happened for two straight years. Um, he's played 82 games for two straight years. Also a little scary because we talk about that doesn't happen very often. Um, I'll say this, right? John Wall is out for all of next season. He tore his Achilles. Not going to play. If Beal is still in Washington and he's the guy, I think he could actually average a few more assists next year because he'll be the whole season without John Wall yeah. as opposed to just the last two-thirds of it. Um, I don't think he's going to finish eighth, though. You know what I mean? Like, even if he gets a few more assists and he keeps scoring well and all that stuff, like, I think he'll miss a few games, finally. But and his value put in... will be very similar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And... You know, if you wanted to pick him in the first round, cool. I, like, I, I think I, there's definitely enough guys here that I'm going to pick him in the second round. Uh, you know, I don't know if he falls completely out of the – if you're in a 12-team league, I don't know if he falls completely out of my first round. Um. Okay. I, that's fair. Would you rather have him or Westbrook? Bradley Beal. Okay, then he's in your first round, I think. Unless you you're going to take someone like Kyrie Irving or – no, nah, probably not. Or you're gonna shoot for a Joel Embiid type, or you're going to say you have a a young guy that you think's really gonna take a step forward. Yeah, there's a couple people that knock him. Oh, oh, okay. I got one guy that that might I might be able to swing you on. Kawhi Leonard or Bradley Beal. Ooh, that uh, you had to give me a games guarantee to see Kawhi Leonard per game. Very, very good. If he's playing 65 games next year, I probably want Bradley Beal. But who you can't predict any of that. Uh, well, that that's 60. probably a pretty good. That's probably a pretty good. It's probably a pretty good um, gauge. Is say Bradley Beal, Kawhi Leonard. They're probably right around the end of my first round. They're the best second yeah. tier players. So we we talk about a lot the turn being like even in a twelve team league like ten to like fifteen right I, I think Bradley Beal is in that for me I think he's in that turn yeah that's fair like which is very amorphous the second tier right it's very I think that's very amorphous stage of the draft right because like a lot of different players can be kind of thrown in that little turn range um I think Bradley Beal's in that and probably a guy I'm I'm definitely very interested in that turn range yeah and Kawhi was better uh, per game. So um, you do have to yeah, but, see, but if he's well, if he's going to take it easy in L.A. or whatever. That's what I mean. He's going to be on a new contract and – New team. I, I mean the, the Raptors worked with him to make that whatever they called it management program. I think the new team's going to have to do the same thing. Yeah, probably. So, you know, betting on Kawhi to play 70 games next year, that's uh, – I'm betting under on that. Uh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah. But, uh, like, I want to say, you know, shout out to all these guys who, uh, you know, Brad, like people like Bradley Beal, Dave Miller, all these guys who made these big leaps in their game. Uh, but the reason they, they start bumping back down is for reasons like this. Number nine, Steph Curry only played 60 
nine games, if I'm reading that correctly. Yes. Uh, nice. He played 69 games this season. Steph Curry, a god amongst men, one of the best fantasy players, uh, fantasy basketball players of all time. Really uh, one of the players, like we said a little bit earlier, that if KD leaves, Steph Curry becomes interesting enough to potentially be a top fantasy basketball player and or be the number one fantasy basketball player next yeah, season. In my top six, regardless, um, not, not going to convince me otherwise. Yeah. He's um, amazing. There's no reason to doubt him. He's Steph Curry. Uh, but the yeah. next the next guy here becomes interesting. Number ten, Nikola Vujovic, a absolute uh, uh, over exceeded Tyler's over expectations. Yeah, uh, a, a personal favorite player of mine. And uh, I, I get why. You know, he only played twenty eight and a half minutes a game, uh, yet was a twenty and twelve player hitting a three a game. So basically, uh, Nikola Jokic without the assists. And that's a, with great percentages. And that's a, that's a really, really quality player. What happens to him next year is it puts a big question mark. I don't know if I could get him in my, in my first round in my top 12. I don't, I don't think I can. Well, and I mean, he's a free agent, so we have no the hell idea where he's going to play. Why does he resign with Orlando? I mean, Orlando did make the playoffs. But they, yeah, they have attendance. They've had a, a long history of not being the best to Vucevic. So I don't, I mean, he's another one, like, right? He could be on any team. We don't really know. Um, yeah. I, is he even in your turn? Assume, maybe he's, okay, let's assume he's well, back on Orlando. Is he he's on back your... on Orlando, he's not in my turn. Um, and I need to make a little correction. He played 31 and a half minutes a game, so not 28 and a half. And I think that's the key number. And it always is in fantasy basketball. Are those minutes? If he goes to a team like just some random team that needs a superstar and he's going to basically play like thirty-five minutes a game, Nikola Vujovic ends it probably ends up in my first round because if he's going to play like four more minutes a game, like he's going to be better than he was this year. What if he's on the Mavericks? Ah, that's a different question. He's on the Mavericks. I still think he he's got the potential to do what he did this year, but I'm not sure I'm, I'm putting in my first round. And you know we won't talk about this guy in the top sixty, but you know that Porzingis thing is a total wild card as far as um, who knows. Yeah, and and who knows you know like. Them adding a third piece, right? And they might add the, the next player we're about to talk about too, right? That's the guy they're supposed to be very interested in. Like, um, that'll be very interesting to to see how that if they can actually form some sort of big three, how that cannibalizes, you know, each man's value Everybody's. a little bit. Yeah, and that that could be the downfall of a lot of these players who were carrying in their teams, like Nikola Vujovic, and also like Kimba Walker, who ended up at number eleven. I'm not surprised about Kimba Walker ending up at number 11, though that is, um, you know, one of his better seasons. Uh, Kimba Walker has always been a very good and a bit underrated uh, fantasy basketball player, and this is um, definitely one of his best seasons. Played all uh, 82 games, I believe. Yeah, 
Yes, sir. Impressive. And at 29, he's in his prime. This is who he is. And if he goes to another team, I actually think this is who he is. Like, sure, there might he might have to give the ball up a little bit more, but that just means more assists and maybe less points. And so I like Kimba Walker here as a solid second-round player, or excuse me, second-tier player. Um, once again, I don't know if he ends up in my first round. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing – I'm throwing him in my turn, though. Yeah, this is like, his ceiling. So, I mean, I feel like he's kind of in my turn, and he might slip, you know, just past that 15 mark, depending on type of draft, type of league, all that stuff. But, yeah, if I want to guard, I want to go guards uh, at the beginning. If I don't, then, you know, he kind of he moves a little bit further down. Right. Um, and same with this, this next guy here. So we're going to have to keep an eye on Vujovic and Walker, but uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, we know where he is going. He is going to stay in Oklahoma City and uh, pound the ball into the ground and probably average another triple-double, making him obviously one of the – Dude, it wasn't that close this year. Like he – 23, 11, and, and almost 11. He kicked the triple-double's ass. Like, no offense, but you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't that close. You know, it was like, oh, this could never happen, and now he just does it every year, and it's not that close. Like, he's well over the marks. It's – Quite frankly, it's insane. It's uh, probably now underrated how good it is. Like, because he's just done it multiple times. No one else is doing it, but he's done it. Was this third year in a row? Yeah, like, yeah, three straight years. He's done it three straight years. The big, big hit here, and for a lot of head-to-head players who punt, they don't give a shit about this. But huge hit in free throw and his field goal will never be um, will never be good. Going to be 31 in November. Any worries that the crazy minutes and triple doubling catches up to him yet? He's bound to slow down, but I uh, I didn't see any signs of it this year, and uh, he is kind of a freak of human nature by being an absurdly athletic and um, healthy individual. Um I'm going to have to see it. I'd I'd rather get caught seeing it. Like I'd rather get caught having Russell Westbrook in the season where he falls apart than being like, no, it's not going to be this year. And then he has a 23, 11, 11 season. And you pick like drew holiday instead. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised to see him get like 25 and Paul George also be at like 25 next year. I'm surprised to see that shift back a little bit in Russ's favor. That that scoring breakdown between the two. Um, yeah, I think that's that's definitely potential. He he becomes a lot more valuable for uh, the punters out there, and so he is a um, a first round player in a punting situation, and probably one of those you know one B yep. type of guys. Putting him in the turn, putting him in the turn again. Punting situation, but in a normal ACAT situation. Yeah, I got him in my second round. Fair. But you know me. I've, I play with turnovers and I play in nightcat leagues and he's actually much, much further down uh, when you when you calculate those things. But, oh, well, I mean, you know, he's got to make his darn free throws. If he's going to, if any kind of roto, he's got to start making his free throws a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, let's get through these final three players. Um, only... At 64 games this season, Joel Embiid, um, per game, obviously a fantastic player, but ended up in the top 15. 
And yep. um, this is like, I guess this is the guy uh, I think Joel Embiid is going to be, but he, he is kind of started deteriorating there in the playoffs. I still think there's some, some large worries about jo- Joel Embiid's health and his ability to uh, to stay on the court, even though he did he's played multiple seasons with the uh, you know sixty some games. Yeah, so two zeros right to start off his career. Yeah, not great. And 31, 63, 64. Um, yeah, I'm just not I'm not betting on any more than sixty four ever. He did play 33 minutes a game this year, which allowed him to take, you know, the statistical boost enough to still be the 13th ranked player in only 64 games. Um, this is a a guy that if you're going to pick him on the turn, there's so much upside, right? Because Yeah, and so that's actually I I believe I was telling people to pick uh Kawhi and Embiid on the turn because of their upside. Now, if they would have went with your Paul George and uh who was it kimba no uh, dame your your dame and paul george they they made out way better than my than my prediction but the the per game upside uh I, w- I was not incorrect well and and so maybe maybe the the shift that some people should make right like if you don't see two guys you're in like you really like right like i looked at the field and go you know i i'm prioritizing the two talents of Lillard and Paul George. And it worked out this year. It doesn't always work out. Yeah. Right? But I, 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 I want to make a point here. Paul George, 28, just turned 29. And Dame Lillard, 28, just turned 29. Like, yeah, that- you went with some steady dudes who, were entering, or who are entering their prime versus young, high upside guys who have a risk. And I guess that was the point I'm going to make is like maybe you want to go one and one. Like, you know, I, I still feel like Damian Lillard is one of the safest players. In I agree. You know what I mean? Like if you're picking at 10 and you're like, man, I just want someone who's going to be really good. And he's probably not going to be the number one player, but he's also not going to be the 20th ranked player. He's going to be in the top 10. Go for Damian Lillard. If Lillard's on the board, go for Damian Lillard. I feel like his amount of safety – at that like 10 range where the other guys are all, all those other top guys are gone is, you know, unmatchable. And then if you go for a Joel Embiid, there's going to be a season where Embiid hits, right? And he plays like 75 games and he's the third ranked player, the second ranked player. He's, he's sitting where Paul George is this year. Right. But you know, what season is that going to be? That's, that's going to be difficult to predict. And so, People are going to keep taking him, though, at, like, six, at seven, at eight. Like, they're going to push him into that, you know, that one that one B tier or that one C tier. And that's just – that's not going to be me because I don't feel good enough about the health. I'm going to want someone like Damian Lillard. I'm going to want someone like Paul George over Joel Embiid. And I'm going to do it again next year because, you know, the, the downside of me saying, like, oh, there's going to be a season where he has 75 games. There's also going to be a season where he plays, like, 50 games. Yeah. And I don't want I don't want that risk. I want that Damian Lillard, that Paul George. Yeah, and, and then that's the thing. Joel Embiid has that per game value of being in that top tier, whether it's a one B or one C. But because of that risk, because of his injury uh, proneness, and uh, because you just don't know what you're going to get, he he has to stay in that second tier for me. And not only that, but he becomes a risk in even in the second tier, where there there are guys in the second tier that I'd 
probably rather have so I can feel safe with uh, taking someone who, um, if I'm work, if I'm working with the turn, I don't want to have a um, complete blow up of just like, well, you got nothing out of one of your guys on the on the turn, or maybe even both of your guys on the turn. I don't, I don't want to end up in that situation. So, which be still a risk in my opinion. And I think I said said this to you when you said about Kawhi and Joel Embiid on the turn. Yeah. You made this case about like I'm trying to hit the home run, and I'm like all in or all out. And but that is to dangerous. me. Well, yeah, and to me, like, I, I guess if you have the strategy of, like, I'm either finishing first or I'm finishing last, like, I, 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 you know what I mean? If you're not first, you're last. But for me, I think the flaw in that strategy is, like, what are the chances both of them actually hit? Not very good. So if I'm going to take a Joel Embiid, I want a Damian Lillard. I want a Paul George. I want a safe guy with an upside guy. Or I want two safe guys. I yeah. don't want Kawhi and Joel Embiid. I don't want two risky guys because at that point, then both of them have to hit right for me to be in contention, and I don't feel great about both of them hitting on the same year. Yeah, and you're and you're 100 right with that. You're basically either you're first or you're last, and if that's the strategy you're going for, cool on you. But that's really not how the season works. And um, you know, right. I, I've talked myself basically out of this strategy, and you've talked me out of it. As well, like, you know, going with those two guys, uh, though I didn't actually think Kawhi was too big of a risk this season. He just – he obviously didn't play as much as um, I thought well, he would. And, and, and that was the risk, right? That's the risk for both of them. Like, both of them are awesome when they play. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's where you get that uh, that, uh, that nice upside. But uh, when, you, when you look at how a season usually plays out, you don't – we say this all the time – you cannot win your league – in the draft, but you can lose it in the draft. And that is one way to lose it is to take two risky guys who blow their, their knees out in the, in the first week or whatever. And you usually win by developing your team, making moves, making trades, making all the, uh, and all sorts of crazy things happen during the season, including people blowing their knees out and, you know, being safer in the, in the draft is probably something uh, we'll be preaching more here on watching the boxes. Well, and, and here's how I think I win a lot of my leagues or do well in a lot of my leagues is, you know, I get a guy in the first and second round that perform at a first or second round level, right? And I win the league or get ahead of other people in getting those guys, you know, at 50 that perform at 35 and at 70 that perform at 50 and at 100 that perform at 70. So, you know, to take two big risks early does not make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, you got to you got to just keep finding the value wherever it is. And that's that's how you do well in the drafts. And uh, I think a lot of people found value in our number 14 guy, the um the most surprising guy on this list. I actually didn't expect to see him on this list. Uh Andre Drummond, number 14. Good for Andre Drummond. Uh kind of so we talked about the assists, right? He had an yeah. an anomaly assist year, and then they got Blake Griffin. And once they got Blake Griffin um, in 2017, 2018, they dropped. They dropped. Dropped back down. Uh, he scored more. Scored the most, a career high, 17.3 points a game. Yeah. He, he um, finally found his uh, scoring touch here. His free throws are now hanging around 60%, which is like, once again, incredible. Last year he shot 60%. Uh, this year, close to sixty percent, and he was 
you know, he was shooting like 35 before that. Like, absolutely incredible uh, uh, jump in free throws, even though they still are a detriment to your team if you care about free throw percentages. But a um, basically a guy who can get 16 rebounds is pretty unheard of. And there's not a lot of people in the league who do that, which helps him make up for the fact that he doesn't hit threes and he is a low assist guy. But he gets those steals and blocks, which is uh, super which are cool. trending on elite in both categories, right? Which is is yeah. huge. Um, yeah, I don't have any problems, and I, I've mentioned this in the past, especially in head-to-head leagues. I don't have any problems taking him, you know, in in that turn range, right? Which is kind of where he ended up this year. Um, if you're punting free throws, he's much more valuable than that. A lot of times, he hangs around into the twenties. If I can get him in the twenties, um, I love Andre Drummond in the twenties in a head-to-head league. Yeah, he um, he is way better at rebounds than uh, almost everybody else in the league. But uh, he is better at rebounds, steals, and blocks than Giannis. So that, that's saying a whole lot. Yeah, and, you know, if I can get the team to be, you know, a guard and another wing or guard and then Andre Drummond – which has happened in years past, I always feel like I'm so far ahead. Yeah, he's often a guy who falls down in in, in drafts because he has been a, a, inconsistent. And uh, oh. you know, I don't know how uh, comfortable I feel with keeping him in that second tier. If I don't care about free throws, he's 100% – Right, it, it's, it's, it's not even that. that. It's that I think the big sites also, like, they split the baby between kind of roto and head-to-head rankings, right? They don't want to make a set for each and differentiate in the drafts. Yeah. So they have to put Drummond at like 25 or 30. Or even lower, yeah. Right. And, and then, he's like a top 10 player if you don't care about – if you're punting free throws. Right. And so I think you can a lot of times get some great value from Drummond. And, yeah, if Drummond's there at like 22, 23, 24 in that third round, even better, um, I love jumping on Drummond and, and getting a nice value. Yeah, definitely. He is a uh, system type of player, so his – value uh, varies wild, wildly depending on what league you're playing in roto or head to head yeah in roto is he draftable like i mean you mentioned that he has got better but... he is actually draftable uh you have to eat your you have to eat your free throws and you usually will end up finishing pretty close to last in free throws uh depending on the size of your roto league he is actually draftable because you're looking at a guy who who gets over one and a half steals, over one and a half blocks, and 16 rebounds. Those categories also mean stuff. So, and, and you're the, you're the the roto guy. So, is he easier to draft in a shallower roto or a deeper roto? I think he's easier to draft in a shallow roto. Me too, because in yeah. my in my experience, like a, a a 15, 16 team roto league, like if you draft him and you get a one out of like 16. I never can quite find my way all the way to the top. Yeah, it's happens. 15 points to make up. Now, granted, there's probably someone else in the league whose free throws are, are, are pretty shitty as well. So you might actually get like a two, but like a 14 points to make up versus like eight points to make up is a huge difference. And in a shallower league, you can, you know, make sure you get the players you want to make your build. And there's got to be a, there's going to be a lot of guys on the waiver that allow you to build your categories that you're already dominant in, like rebounds, like steals and blocks. And so, it, to me, it's easier to stay in first place 
in rebounds or blocks in a shallower league than in a bigger league. Yeah, and so I find that in a in a deeper roto, I just have a hard time ever pulling the trigger on Drummond because I'm like, man, you're gonna sink me so far in the free throws, and I just, you know, like you said, giving up that 15 points or 14 points or 13 points, it's just so hard for me to fight back from. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like he still needs to be owned in those leagues because he ends up being like a weird spot start where you're like, I I have to play this guy because he's so dominant in, in, in these certain categories, yet he kills me in, in free throws. And either you decide to say screw it and you end up playing a lot more or you spot start him and you end up getting like, you know, 15 rebounds here, 15 rebounds there. And that keeps you into close races. So he's like a, he's a money player to have down the stretch because he does things that really nobody else can. Uh, I'm with you there. So yeah, hard guy to like describe what you should do next year because just completely depends on your league. But um, like, and also like it's uh, I I don't know like we'll see what that team looks like. And Andre Drummond still has I think a little bit of a risk of uh, of being a little like fluctuating in in what his pr- production is going to be. So I'm not super confident in what he did this year as being the normal Andre Drummond. But uh, oh, I think you could. I mean, we saw 16.2, then we saw 13. then 15, now 17.3 points. The points are kind of all over the map. Um, I do feel like him leading the league in rebounds seems pretty safe. I mean, it's happened three out of the last four years. And the only year it didn't, he, for some reason, only played 29.7 minutes a game, which doesn't make any sense why that happened, right? He played 33 basically every other year. So. Detroit, uh, a um, underrated, terribly run franchise. So. But I mean, I feel like with Dwayne Casey there, like I feel like Dwayne Casey can coach. That's that's technically true. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, not sure what he was doing some of the time. No offense to him, he may be a really great guy. Yeah, um, that that era of coaching probably needs to move on. Um, but what, what I don't know, but uh, yeah, Andre Drummond, just really gonna depend on your on your league. And number fifteen, the last guy on this list. Uh, right, but by the way, uh, not in the in the top fifteen. Anthony Davis, who will be number sixteen, and we will lead the next podcast with him. One of the few guys that I would put in my one A um, uh, rankings for next year. But uh, number fifteen, Kyrie Irving for the Boston Celtics, who will probably no longer be on the Boston Celtics next year. Um, no matter where he goes, I'm not terribly worried about his production. This is like a good Kyrie Irving year. Seems like he did a lot of Kyrie Irving stuff. He stayed relatively healthy for Kyrie Irving. I'm not terribly surprised by him. We had him in the second tier going into this year. He ended up in the finishing in the second tier this year, and there's a good chance he finishes in the middle or bottom of the second tier next year, just like he normally does. Okay, so one thing surprised me, but I got to get to this first because this just threw me off. Okay, basketball reference nicknames. We've discussed this in the past, how some of them are – Crazy? Yep. So he's got two, one of which I think you can guess. I want you to see if you've ever even heard of the second one. So what's the one you can probably guess? Uh, I don't even know. Clutch? Like, I don't I don't even know what it is. No, Uncle Drew, right? He's in the movies. Oh, yeah, Uncle Drew. Yeah. I don't, hey, I don't care about Kyrie Irving one bit. His second nickname, and I think this is just amazing, Ankle Taker. Ankle Taker. That's pretty good. That sounds like one of those uh, – there was a great Twitter thread a long time ago about the the Chinese nicknames that the that the players get from uh, from from China, and those are amazing. And that sounds 
like a one of those Chinese nicknames. It's like an Undertaker ripoff, right? I mean, like I used to watch WWE back in the the heyday of it, right? So I feel like I'm going to start officially referring to him as Angle Taker now. Um, it has happened. The nickname has stuck with me at least. Uh, yeah, the one thing that surprised me about Kyrie, 6.9 assists a game. We had never really seen that from Kyrie. Yeah, I'm not terribly surprised by that because I think he is a guy who, if you run a, if you run the system through him, he can get you those assists. He had to play with LeBron, who loves to pound the ball into the ground and rarely makes mediocre players better. Um, Kyrie, not a mediocre player, is actually an incredibly good player. Uh, I'm not terribly surprised he could bump up his assists by – one and one and a half ish. I'm, I'm not terribly surprised. By that. Um, another guy too with a rather lengthy injury history, right? Like this was his eighth season, and he's only played over seventy games four times. That is worrisome. I lied three times. My bad. Seventy-one, seventy-five, seventy-two. So three out of eight. Not great. Um, yeah. So Kyrie. I'm, I mean, I'm fine taking him in that turn range, right? But at the same time, like he's one of the more risky options in that turn range, I think, because you know the fifty game season could be coming as opposed to the sixty five. Yeah, and I feel like the risk factor and the uh, I don't know how much better he could possibly get type of factor. Even though he is twenty seven, he'll be twenty eight. He probably get a little bit better, a little bit better here and there. Well, um, and- I don't know how much further he can improve um depending on where he ends up in his usage in the in, in that place all those factors kind of keep him solidly in the second round for me yeah I'm, I'm with you there um so the crazy thing and uh, did you see this story on him about now a lot of people think he wants to go to la to play with lebron i i have heard, I've heard after he cried that all he wanted to do was get away from lebron and now he wants lebron back um the most ironic story of the season in NBA basketball. Yeah, I don't. I think that's kind of nonsense. I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. Uh, I think Kyrie knows what it's like to play with LeBron and how it's not great. All this passive aggressive nonsense uh, wears you down and uh, completely destroyed that Laker team. Um, uh, underrated take that's not that underrated. I don't think playing with Kyrie is that great either. No, that's not. A, that's not underrated at all. That seems pretty <laughs> obvious. Uh, I wonder where he learned all those all those passive aggressive moves. Um, definitely from LeBron. And um, there's a bunch of guys that didn't finish in the top 15 in totals in ACAT. We are going to get to those guys next time. Uh, some really notable names like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, um, and then. Dude, but the ones I'm always more excited to talk about are the ones that people didn't see coming. Yeah. Uh, and in the next set of 15, there is a lot of those names. A There's lot. a lot of guys who made their way out of the plateau and into this uh, pseudo second, third tier. And uh, shout outs. I mean, there's going to be a lot of shout outs because there's a lot of, and there's actually some, there's even a rookie uh, in that, in that mix. So we are going to um, be able to talk about that next time. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying your off season. I hope we are going to continue to bring you content based on what's going on. It's the hey, it's the lull in the in the season, but this is the best time to look back at last season, prepare for next season, and we will be doing just that until we get into the craziness that is free agency 
Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Tyler P. Watts. Beautiful. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you really want to support the show, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate our Patreons. And I uh, hope you keep listening. Have a great summer. We'll see you next time.